That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Well, said Riddle, smiling pleasantly, how is it that a baby with no extraordinary magical talent managed to defeat the greatest wizard of all time? How did you escape with nothing but a scar while Lord Voldemort's powers were destroyed? There was an odd red gleam in his hungry eyes now. Why do you care how I escaped? said Harry slowly. Voldemort was after your time. Voldemort, said Riddle softly, is my past, present, and future Harry Potter. He pulled Harry's wand from his pocket and began to trace it through the air, writing three shimmering words, Tom Marvolo Riddle. Then he waved the wand once and the letters of his name rearranged themselves. I am Lord Voldemort. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we are talking about today. Chapter 17, The Heir of Slytherin. With Lockhart and Ron trapped by the tunnel cave-in, Harry goes on alone deep into the Chamber of Secrets. He gets into the chamber proper, just like this big room with statues of snakey things, and then a big statue of Salazar Slytherin at the end, which Salazar Slytherin had to commission by himself when he built this chamber without anyone else knowing, which is a great act of hubris, if you ask me. Ginny's at the end of the chamber, beyond unconscious, most of her life force having been seeped out of her by Tom Riddle, who shows up, and Harry recognizes him, but doesn't really question anything. They talk a lot. Harry's like, dude, I don't think you get that we're in a scary place here. And Tom Riddle's like, dude, I don't think you get that I'm the reason this place is scary. Eventually, Harry realizes that Tom Riddle is Lord Voldemort. And Harry knows that he has to fight Tom Riddle, but he... (laughs) I mean, he doesn't he doesn't know how to do anything. So Fox shows up. Fox the Phoenix shows up with the sorting hat. Desperate for what to do next, Harry puts the hat on his head and the sword of Gryffindor falls out and doesn't concuss him. So he uses that sword to kill the basilisk, aided by Fox, who's like pecking out the basilisk's eyes so it can't petrify Harry. Yeah, Harry stabs that fucking basilisk right through his head. And, um, but at the same time, the basilisk bites Harry and the poison gets him real quick. But luckily, Fox, the phoenix, his tears are healing. So he like weeps down upon Harry's wound and reverses the damage. And Harry comes back to life. And then he takes the basilisk fang and he stabs the diary, Tom Riddle's diary, which kills Tom Riddle in effect, kills this particular horcrux, as we know. And Ginny comes back to life. She's really fucked up. She's not okay. So her and Harry leave the chamber. They go back to Ron, who has just dug out enough of a hole for them to get through the cave-in. And they go back up to McGonagall's office to tell her what happened. Welcome to the Restricted Section. It's me, the memory of Christina Khan. Just kidding. It's me, your host, Christina. (laughs) 
And this is the restricted section. I already said that. We're talking about the heir of Slytherin, the penultimate chapter. Do, 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 do. Did anyone else think the word penultimate meant like final for a lot of their life? Because I literally learned that penultimate meant second to last, like, I don't know, four to six weeks ago. Oh, wow. Kind of me too. I did, I've never heard the word until maybe like a year ago when a, like a YouTube channel I knew was ending and they called it their penultimate episode. Oh. Like their second to last one. I was like, I've never heard that word before. I don't know if this is real or a fake memory, but I think I learned that word from a series of unfortunate events. You know how they define words throughout and like kind of make a yeah. fuss about them? I think that's mm-hmm. from that. I think that's where I learned that. Maybe I'm wrong. Penultimate just sounds right. to me like like the it's extra ultimate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it does. It feels like super ending, not, yeah. not second to last of this ending. <laughs> right. I agree. Anyway, well, now that we've all been chit-chatting, Grace, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, it's a rainy Sunday here, so just cooped up inside, which, you know, I guess we're all pretty used to that by now, but... It is disgusting okay. outside. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. And it was like summer yesterday, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Love it. Love living in Virginia. Brooke, how are you doing today? Doing all right, you know, uh, up visiting my parental units. So they're doing great. Good. Oh, I'll tell them the podcast says hi. Yeah, will do. My <laughs> mom tried listening to an episode despite me telling her absolutely not to do that. And <laughs> I was about to go on and she was like, which one of them is the one with the potty mouth? And I was like, mom, first off, <laughs> we're all somewhere in the vicinity of 30 years old. Potty <laughs> mouth is for a seven year old. It's Captain but, America for a mom. Yeah. <laughs> Which second, it's all of us. It's all of us. We're all like that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I whenever we invite new guests on, I'm always like, have you listened? Don't agree until you listen. It's pretty raunchy. Yeah, yeah my mother in law was curious about the uh the oh. first episode I was on. Oh, and no. uh and Leela basically just said Well, there's a lot of she didn't even like have to say like all the details about uh, I don't know, uh, fucking or top top bottom stuff all she had to say was there's a lot of swearing in it and she was like oh okay never mind oh heavens my tender little heart (laughs) listeners you might recognize the dulcet tones of our beloved returning guest jason hilton how are you doing today i'm doing wonderful and thank you for the the dulcet tones comment oh yeah that's a harry potter quote (laughs) i use it whenever i can (laughs) I'm just fiddling around with my chair. Other than that, I'm doing great. I got a good <laughs> coffee. I got a good coffee buzz right now. Oh, hell yeah. I'm drinking a mimosa. It's a Sunday. It's gross out. And I just got done watching uh, the last scene of Harry Potter to cover this chapter, like literally 10 minutes ago. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter movies are also a good snuggly Sunday vibe. Oh, yeah. For sure. And as far as like someone like Harry Potter movies go, this one kind of fits into October a little bit better than the other ones. I would oh say. yeah, totally. Yeah, especially reading like we're going to talk later about how Jitty twisted twisted some necks of some roosters. They just left that part out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. I forgot about that one when I was a kid. With her bare hands. Yeah, Jiminy Crickets. Jenny Crickets. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're going to keep the cursing to a minimum so my mother-in-law can listen. <laughs> um, I have profanities in my notes, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we left Harry in the Chamber of Secrets. Sorry, bud. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. That's my first note. Where we last left Harry, Lockhart had stolen Ron's shitty wand and tried to wipe their memories and caved in part of the tunnel instead and him and ron got trapped backwards and harry got trapped forwards who's trapped i don't know they're both trapped everyone's trapped everyone so harry had to go on alone because that's how these books work so he's walking down the chamber of secrets looking for a dead friend knowing that murder eyes could be anywhere this is just scary yeah, honestly, the, the idea of something that, like, could attack me with just, the, just a look, like, kind of freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't know how I read this when I was a kid, because I spook easily. And this is pretty fucking spooky. It truly is. As a complete side note, I use swipe text, and I tried to write Gilderoy Lockhart, and my swipe text read it as Ginger Root Locust. <laughs> which <laughs> sure that's like Gil- if you put gilderoy lockhart's name into like a rap name generator or something yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um right. no i think the the craziest thing about this is, is he's moving through this chamber like pretty much with his eyes closed for most of the chapter to try to avoid the basilisk and it has to be direct eye contact right like that is the kill switch yes mm-hmm. So yes. if you, like, side-eye the basilisk, what happens? Yeah, I guess the question is, does the basilisk have to be intentionally looking at you? I think so, because I think it's that eye contact that does it. So, like, if Harry were to see, like, his tail or the basilisk tail or something, he would just close his eyes immediately and never, you know, don't yeah. look, don't look, close your eyes. Plus, there's two levels of basilisk stairs. There's the one that gets you petrified. And then there's the one that kills you. So the direct eye contact, <laughs> I always thought was the one that kills you, right? That That's like the, the bad, bad one. That's the yeah. bad. <laughs> I just keep thinking about like, if you've ever gone caving, like, has, have you guys been in caves before? I have literally been in caves, but I wouldn't say I have gone caving because I've just read one to my stories where people get trapped but because of that when you're like looking around a cave with like a headlamp on or something like it looks like Mm -hmm. everything is moving yeah because the light shifts everywhere and he's got like his little lumos wand and he's trying to like (laughs) low-key look out for movement like i could not Plus, like, the flippin' chamber is lined with snake pillars. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, those are some big snakes, yo. Also, Harry wears glasses, and we don't know what kind of a vision impairment he has. It could be real bad. I have an astigmatism, and I have a problem with depth perception. I Like, we don't know what's wrong with his eyeballs. Well, if your eyeballs mm-hmm. can't perceive the basilisk from like far away, then maybe you'll be okay. <laughs> I was actually oh, just take about off your that. glasses. That's that's the trick. <gasps> well, also, wow. if you see the basilisk through your glasses, is that enough of a diffusion to not die? Hmm. I think Penelope Clearwater wears glasses, but like uh, they're, I mean, glasses are like a mirror in a way. Yeah, it's just glass. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if looking at it through a mirror is enough to petrify and not die, then like looking at it through glasses, I can't tell if it would like super kill you because it would magnify it (laughs) or Uh, super kill you. (laughs) Yeah. What's your prescription? (laughs) Or like, could it be enough that it like blocks our 
glass wearing master race like is that what we're getting at here wow wow god i am in trouble yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'll be fine i've always said that i'd be (laughs) fucked in the apocalypse because eventually the glasses will break well mayhaps in a basilisk apocalypse you're actually coming out ahead basketball no if snakes if snakes take over the world i'm just jumping off a building right there oh so your your team die (laughs) if the apocalypse happens yeah, t- there's team try and team die. So your team die. If it's the literal apocalypse, it's like an inevitability that you're gonna die. So I guess let's I would try like, for I, I would try for like a little while. Probably. Let's say like a zombie apocalypse. Like, could you survive? Maybe. Not like a um. Mm. Not like a Umbrella Academy level apocalypse where it's like the planet just is uh, it's for, not like forever exploding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of in the apocalypse right now, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and glasses help. True. They they there sorry, they just released a study from China and they found that less than five percent of COVID infections were for people that wore glasses and masks regularly because it blocks spatter. Oh true. When you said oh, glasses man. help, I was like, Brooke, why the fuck would I be wearing these if they did not help me? <laughs> <laughs> um cool. That's I good actually, to know. I, I didn't think about that. There was a girl in my freshman dorm that wore glasses for presentations that had no prescription because she thought it made her look smart. <laughs> hmm. It probably did. There's something to I that. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> they sold fake glasses at Claire's. That was like a whole vibe in like uh, the early yeah. 2000s. Don't forget I, I ran at Claire's. There's a whole <laughs> wall of them. <laughs> and I used to get the clearance ones, even though I wear glasses regularly, <laughs> but I wore contacts back then so I could change it up a little bit and I remember that I got this hot pink one and I gave it to my friend Melanie and she wore them every day. And I was like, you, you just can't give Melanie stuff because she just, she kills it. Can't wear hot pink glasses every day. And that's coming from someone who had hot pink air for a hot minute. Anyway, we're in the Chamber Secrets. Okay. And it's fucking yes. scary. And so Harry walks in, I think, to the what we would call the chamber proper. And there's like all these snake statues. And at the end of the chamber is a giant statue that is probably... No, it is for sure. They say it later in the chapter. Salazar Slytherin. And Ginny is at his feet, unconscious, to say the least. And Harry would be like... Jenny, no! <laughs> Wake up, bitch! Wake up, and then bitch. tries to give her shaken baby syndrome by just <laughs> no. What is that? Like literally, it. Jenny's head lolled hopelessly from side <laughs> to side. It's just like he's like aggressively shaking this poor girl. It's like when my friends pass out drunk places they're not supposed to, and I'm like, Emily, we gotta go. <laughs> it's yes, Emily. it's exactly like that. <laughs> A soft voice comes and says she won't wake is tom riddle and harry recognizes him from the diary just this random guy we don't know who he is (laughs) i had to remind myself in this chapter that harry doesn't know who tom riddle is yet because it's so crazy to me Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where Every indication is that Tom Riddle knows way too much about this scenario. And Harry just keeps being confused for like four pages worth of like, she won't wake. And he's like, oh, great. You're here. This is my friend, Ginny. You probably don't know what's going on, despite the fact that you are here somehow. Like already here. You were already here. (laughs) Right. There's a basilisk in here. (laughs) 
You seem very confident about the fact that she's not going to wake up. Like, clearly, he knows what's happening. Yeah, yeah he's for just sure. blindly trusting Tom Riddle at this point. Well, and I think he's also like really laser focused on his goal right now. And I mm-hmm. think he's like the basilisk is the monster. The heir of Slytherin is a student and Ginny is a victim. And he's like not thinking creatively about like how those roles could be blended. <laughs> mm-hmm. While I was, I, I was just thinking though, when I was reading this, knowing what we know with Ginny and Harry, it's, it's a pretty epic, like how I met your mother's story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, wow. Dad, when did you first realize that you and Mom were to be together? Well, I stabbed a snake with a sword. <laughs> and she was lying there, pale as a ghost. And then I exploded someone with a diary. And then we fell in love. <laughs> and, a bird, and a bird flew us out. And there was a bird. <laughs> and there was a bird. And that kids is how I met your mother. <laughs> uh, shared trauma, you know? If you've ever read mm-hmm. YA, you know that shared trauma is the fastest way to fall in love. Also, what kind of wizard? Okay, I have a real problem with the wizarding instinct that goes into seeing someone in danger, knowing that there is a basilisk, and your first decision is just to toss your wand. Why? Here's the thing. Is Harry in this book has been not using his pockets, and we know he has pockets because <laughs> he uses them in later books. He sits on his invisibility cloak to hide it in the, the common room a couple chapters back. And it's like, you have previously put that in your pocket, bud. Why are you hiding it with your whole butt? Just put it in your pocket. You know what? Harry needs a dress with pockets because I really feel that if he had a dress with pockets, he'd be using those fucking pockets. Yeah, I completely That's agree. what girls do. Yeah. We love a dress with pockets. I had pockets on my wedding dress because That's what's up. you oh, need it. hell yeah. Yeah, you need up. it. That is so true. <laughs> it costs extra, but boy, it's worth it. <laughs> so worth it. Pocket on everything. I'm in the process of fading out, phasing out all of my workout pants that don't have the side pockets. Because for a long time, fashion people were just like, if you want to work out, you can't have pockets. But I have come to realize that that was a lie and that there are pockets. And I hate the thing, the armband yeah. thing for my yeah. phone. I hate yeah. It. Okay, that's really Goats. important. My uh, my legging situation. <laughs> so no, the whole pot, the, the pocket thing has been bullshit for like a really long time. It's bullshit. Why are women crazy? It's because we don't have pockets. Oh, sorry. And then they put those little they put those little vanity pockets that are like don't really actually hold anything, but they're just there to look good. Like, like I my thought hands, that was super dumb. My hands are cold, and the pocket only warms my hands up <laughs> first knuckle. <laughs> Is that why fingerless gloves were also popular? (laughs) (laughs) Gloves that only cover to the tips of your pockets. Useless pockets and useless gloves go together perfectly. Yeah, that's actually how they measured the gloves, like where to cut it off. They're like, how much of my finger can fit into my pocket? And that's the cycle of repression of women. You know, that's what it all comes down to. This has been my TED Talk. (laughs) So Tom Riddle says she's alive, but only just because Harry does not know how to read a pulse and does not try. Harry's like not really trying to figure out what Tom Riddle's doing, but Tom Riddle is a, a, clearly an impediment to his situation. So he, Harry's like, are you a ghost? 
And Tom's like, no, I'm a memory preserved in a diary for 50 years. And I would like to begin my villain speech now. And Harry's like, no, <laughs> no time. We have to save Ginny. <laughs> I have so many questions, but first. <laughs> uh, so he, like, what does Harry, like, what is Harry thinking? Or, or just not? I just don't think he's thinking this is, at all. It's a lot to take in, so I don't know if he, he's properly assessing the situation. The just like that, that Gryffindor, like, boldly Renegan with, like, no brain power. Like, at a bare minimum, if he was really confused through most of this speech, and then we get all the way to the, we've got to go if the basilisk comes, and then he gets cut off with a, it won't come until it's called. And Harry's and, like, weird thing to say, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Harry's like... <laughs> Oh, okay, that's odd. Um, so the problem is, if you could just give me my wand back. Tom Riddle is just is just like trying to hammer in that he is the bad guy, and Harry's just not getting it. Yo, what's reminds me of like Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb? Just like can never really nail that bad guy thing. Like, oh yeah, I, I'm the villain. Come on. Uh, yeah, he just like I think that Harry is a little blinded by like his personal experience at Hogwarts because like to him Tom Riddle is a Hogwarts student and like a prefect and like and like kind of a friend who like trusted him with a secret even though like mm-hmm. don't trust anything you can't see where it keeps his brain says Arthur Weasley via Ron Weasley but Harry just is like this is like we're all on the same team except that he has an inherent distrust of all Slytherins and Tom Riddle is in fact a Slytherin. So you would think that he would be team evil from the outset. Team evil, just the way he always is with every other Slytherin. You're right about that. Right. Mm -hmm. You're right. Why is a ghost Slytherin the exception to the evil Slytherin rule? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe Slytherin wasn't as tarnished before Voldemort was a thing. But Harry wouldn't know that. Harry. This, This is true. Harry would be suspicious. Hashtag not all Slytherins. <laughs> so Tom Riddle takes Harry's wand and Harry still has no alarms going off in his brain. He's like, cool. Like if a man I just met took like my purse, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm about to get, I, this is bad. This is bad news. Yeah. <laughs> like not only did he take it, but he's like twirling it between his fingers. Like it says that very specifically. So he's like, he has it. And he's gloating about it. Yeah. And Harry's like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me how to do that cool thing with where you twirl the wand between your fingers. That's kind of cool. I've never been able to twirl anything between my fingers. I've tried a lot. I just like, I can't forgive the fact that we get all the way through this. He's He's got the wand. He's talking about the snake. Like Tom Riddle clearly knows what's going on. Harry asks for his wand back. Tom Riddle's like, you won't be needing it. And Harry's like, huh? And then he's like, I've waited a long time for this Harry Potter, which nothing good ever happens when people use your first and last name. Mm-hmm. And then Harry's response is, look, I don't think you get it. We're in the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> the line that he I- knows. And Tom's yeah. just like, I know. <laughs> like, I brought you here. We're not this talking about that anymore, Harry. This is my We're talking party. about you. <laughs> Like, just watching the scene, this is done much more effectively in the movie because this conversation is shortened down to basically five lines where it's like, give me my wand, Tom. You won't be needing it. And then Harry immediately starts getting suspicious. I think that bitch was trying to give her, like, nine-year-old readership time to kind of be like, wait a fucking second. This is sketchy. (laughs) 
Yeah, once we get there, we'll, w- once we get to that point, we'll talk about how like easily fooled I was when I was a kid, how gullible <laughs> I was. I think this is why Riddle launches into a full monologue is because he realizes that he really has to explain things in depth <laughs> to Harry Potter because damn, he's twelve. <laughs> <laughs> So the line that I wrote down as my like super eye roll line is quote, there was something very funny going on here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Harry's like, what a funny fellow. (laughs) And not ha ha funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like, bruh, you okay? Funny. So now we move on to the, to the villain monologue. Harry's like, there's no time to talk. Let's talk later. And Tom's like, no, we're going to fucking talk now. So then Harry's like, well, then I will, I will ask the questions. How did Ginny get like this? Tom Riddle, right off the bat, victim blaming. Stupid Ginny yeah. opened her heart and spilled all her secrets to an invisible stranger. It's just so sad because Ginny's so stupid right now. But also, like, as a girl, as an 11-year-old girl, if I had, like, a diary that talked back to me and told me I was awesome and that, like, it's okay, like... I would be all up in that diary. Yeah. yeah would any yeah. of us not have been Ginny in this moment? No. I would have been Ginny. I would have been hella Ginny. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. I think, I think talking books in Parseltown both kind of fall into the category of wizard, wizard world stuff where like, even in the wizarding world, that's a bad thing. Like books should not be talking to you. Objects should not be talking to you and snakes should not be talking to you. But paintings talk to you all the time. And like no one's alarmed I guess. by that. Yeah, it's it's good that this came out like in the second book because as like readers at the time, we we, we didn't know that a talking book was like ever like out of the ordinary for a wizarding world, you know? We Bertie. just saw like, a guy with a, a snake guy in the back of his head in the last movie under a purple turban. Like anything oh. Brooke, you bring up a good point because those portraits, like portraits and photographs in the Wizarding World are kind of almost exactly like this diary, like the echo of the person they're depicting. Yeah. If we trust a painting, I don't know that a diary is demonstrably different enough for me to be suspicious of a diary in a way that I wouldn't be of a painting of my grandma who might talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, grandma. (laughs) Um, Man, do you guys remember Sir Cadigan? Yes. Mm. he's in the next book i'm say he's the knight the overeager knight who tries mm-hmm. to help them and he's kind of like gilderoy <laughs> lockhart who like really tries though almost mm-hmm. oh okay that that one that one escaped my memory i haven't read that book in a while well you're gonna read it soon yeah <laughs> i like that we start to get in this section as he begins monologuing a little bit of a understanding of like the mechanics of how all of this worked because mm-hmm. up to this point like when i was reading it as a youth, like it, it really, there isn't enough, like there aren't enough clues going yeah. through it for you to really figure out what has been happening to this point. Yeah. And you don't have enough context, kind of like we were saying about the wizarding world. So you kind of don't know that it's literally a free for all, like, especially Voldemort is like inventing new magics, you know? Mm-hmm. But we get this point where he's like, you know, as so Jenny poured out her soul to me and her soul happened to be exactly what I needed. I grew stronger and stronger on a diet of her deepest fears, her darkest secrets, which means like Gretchen Wiener's hair, Tom Riddle is so big because he's full of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, do you guys think that's literal? Or do you think he's being like, I don't know. 
I think the idea is that like love magic, like by bearing your soul to someone, it allows them to kind of Mm -hmm. siphon your soul out of you at a slow drip if Mm -hmm. it's dark enough magic. Because remember, this is a horcrux. Yeah. Yeah. That's evil right there. And then also, I got some vampire vibes. I grew powerful in a quote. I grew powerful. Wait, hold on, hold on. Quote, I grew dot, dot, dot powerful enough to start feeding miss weasley a few of my secrets to start pouring a little of my soul back into her and that is how you make a vampire is you make you suck their blood until they're almost dead and then you make them suck just a little bit of your own blood i brooke i made my dad watch what we do in the shadows when he was staying with me last week and he liked it a lot (laughs) everyone likes what we do in the shadows i know i was like you're gonna love it and he was brand new so i was like oh dad this scene is ad-libbed can you believe they were just walking around wellington in these costumes (laughs) i am exactly the person you don't want to watch that movie with because i will ruin it by giving you so much unneeded trivia What's so cool about what we do in the shadows, though, is like you can watch it a million times and like there's still new stuff to find. There's just like a joke kind of like so funny. There's like subtle jokes in between like the big jokes that you might not get the first time. I just realized that the Chamber of Secrets is being fueled by a ghost who's living on a diet of secrets. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. It seems like a little bit of overkill. Yo, I love secrets. Listeners, if you have a secret you're just dying to tell someone, God, hit me up. I will keep that secret because I don't know any of your friends or family. Hey, uh, but it, unless uh, it's illegal. Unless it's unless, murder. Well, uh, I'm not, murder, I'm not going to keep that secret. But illegal, sure. Technically, weed's still legal some places. So <laughs> True. Uh, but just to be clear, if you, listener, are someone I know personally, don't give me any of your secrets. I cannot keep secrets of, about friends or family. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, my notes are like, Tom is monologuing. He's victim playing. He's mom- monologuing, monologuing, monologuing. He does have, I, I like the detail that Riddle has uh, a very distinctive laugh and that he keeps laughing throughout this entire chapter. And I couldn't help but like, because they make, they try to make it sound threatening. It says... Riddle laughed, a high, cold laugh that didn't suit him. It made the hair stand up on the back of Harry's neck. That's but, after seeing, uh, but after seeing Deathly Hallows Part 2, we know that's not how Voldemort laughs. laughs. And I pictured that every time I was reading the chapter and it took out like all the... That's the thing about this chapter in general is like when you read it as an adult, it does kind of take a little bit of the weight of Voldemort off because he's kind of a kind of a dork okay yeah i don't know but a hot dork yeah why did the guy that it's so attractive like become such so like attractive. a creepy little I feel like that's part of his like psychopath deal like you know what i mean that's how True. he's very charismatic and he is he very a, manipulative he was a model student y'all might remember in our scary potter episode that came out on halloween me and scary clay and scary peyton were talking about who's the scariest character in the whole series and my answer was this tom riddle a tom riddle who came from a life of poverty and loneliness and was elevated to being a wizard and was brought to this school where he was handsome and popular and brilliant and prefect and had everything and was still willing to become lord voldemort 
that's mm-hmm. scary. A hot guy with bad sure. intentions is the scariest thing <laughs> in the world. Yeah, the the kid they got for uh, like Baby Voldemort in uh, Half Blood Prince, like it was pretty creepy when Dumbledore was like talking to tiny Baby Voldemort, and he just had like this dead expression on his face. Yeah, and even the, I, the book I remember even being creepier because he talks about like torturing animals and talking to snakes and stuff like that. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Bad sign. Torturing yeah. animals. Bad. <laughs> Darn you, PG-13. Bad sign. And then there's, like, that whole story of when he lured those two kids into the cave and, like, what fucking happened in the cave? Yeah. Mm, what happened in the cave? <laughs> oh, Christ. So his monologue is d- developing. He's talking about how Ginny's the one who opened the Chamber of Secrets. She strangled the roosters with her bare hands. She wrote the messages oh that serve no purpose other than drama. And she set the basilisk on the Muggleborns. <laughs> Which that is mm-hmm. horror movie shit. Can you imagine just being woken up, like covered in blood? You don't remember what happened. That's and why now there's like a be, monster loose in the school. That's why it had to be a character that was so detached from Harry so that this could continue being a children's book. Because if it had been Ron or Hermione or Harry that was like having these experiences and talking intimately about them, that's the Stephen King mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I feel so bad for Ginny. Just this how, whole time. How do you recover? How does she become so cool and awesome? <laughs> yeah, she I no idea. So like, this is the most traumatic. Well, and she experience. like she does pick up on it. She they, we get this this explanation that she figured out what was going on, tried to get rid of the diary by flushing it down the toilet, and Harry's st- stupid fucking Potter fixed it out <laughs> and was like, "Oh, what's this?" I found a book in the toilet. What's dish? It's <laughs> like uh, toilet books. I'm, I'm not keeping listeners. a toilet book. I'm not keeping one. Well, it didn't absorb any of the toilet water. It doesn't take on water. We learned that from the ink spill. No, I, I'm with you, Brooke. I wouldn't pick up a toilet book either. Okay, and then Riddle admits to framing Hagrid. And there's something very important I want to point out here. Because... He's so he's talking about how Hagrid was like as a student, right? And he's like blundering Hagrid in trouble every other week, trying to raise werewolf cubs under his bed, sneaking off into the forbidden forest to wrestle trolls. And I just want to point out that Hagrid was an amateur troll wrestler, and I feel like we deserve more of that story. <laughs> like, immediately. I'm so, I'm so glad you said that because I wrote like I circled that part about the wrestling trolls, and I was like spin-off show 100 <laughs> i want a young hagrid novel of just yeah, him yeah. With werewolf cubs under his bed no He's seriously got... take fantastic beasts and make it about hagrid man I mean, if um yes. if not newt i <laughs> i think that a a young and alive andre the giant would have been a good good person for that role yeah 100%. although maybe he talks a little He's too, he's, di- too differently yeah we can't cast robbie coltrane in that role because robbie coltrane is low-key canceled because he's like everyone is just trying to be offended at jk rowling who even cares what she's saying y'all just like to be offended which first of all rude i'm offended second of all (laughs) robbie coltrane hagrid would never yes would never he would never would never never. (laughs) disappointing yeah i'm glad hagrid doesn't have a twitter (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, so Harry's like, okay, okay. They're mo- he's mo- I didn't write down the entirety of his monologue, so my notes are a little crazy. So, 
So Tom Riddle is like, then you picked it up. You, Harry, you're special, whatever he says. And Harry's like, why did you want to meet me? And so he, Tom Riddle, he thinks he's so, he's so grandiose. He's like, Ginny told me about your history and it's my future. And Harry's like, weird thing to say, moving on. <laughs> so then Tom Riddle's like, ever since I talked to you, my goal has been to kill you. When does he realize that it's Voldemort? Wait a second, I didn't write it down. <laughs> um, a couple of pages, uh, I think. The next, the next page, or yeah. like a three. No. Oh wait, no, my, I'm like so sorry. Like three pages. My next yeah. note, my next note is OMG. Harry still does not understand that Tom Riddle is connected to Voldemort. Okay, because no. yeah. because wait, Tom Riddle, Tom Riddle's like, how did a baby defeat like the greatest wizard of all time? <laughs> and Harry's like, weird question. I feel like we're not talking about that right now. Um, <laughs> he's like so, he's kind of like Kylo Ren, where he's like a little Voldemort fanboy, like mm-hmm. he's a Darth Vader fanboy in in Star Wars. Yeah, well, I think understandably mm-hmm. Harry doesn't really know about Voldemort's timeline, like when he was at Hogwarts, and like I think we mm-hmm. have a lot of knowledge in our brains that he doesn't necessarily at all have. I shouldn't have used the word necessarily. Yeah, he this is second book. Harry memory. really doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything, and he also doesn't know. Like, never not be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Which he will come to learn. If everything's going great for you, Harry, you should be concerned. Yes. And, like, we finally get the most dramatic reveal, which is the word jumble. Anagram. (laughs) Oh, man. This blew my fucking mind when I was a kid. I really want to know, do you think she worked backwards from Voldemort or forwards from Tom Riddle? Voldemort sounds so badass. I think she worked backwards. Uh, backwards from Voldemort okay because I mean his name is a riddle and the answer to who he is is effectively a word riddle yeah Yeah. it's true it's true I always find it weird that his name jumbles into a sentence though it's I am Voldemort okay I would like to just while we're here one of my favorite things in the world is the knowledge that this book has been translated into like into dozens of languages and they've had to come up with dozens of anagrams for this. Oh my God. So I'm just going to read, I'm going to read a few because I love them. My favorite, my favorite is French, the French translation. His name is Tom Elvis Jedusor, which is an anagram of Je suis Voldemort. Elvis. Mm-hmm. Middle name Elvis. <laughs> Pretty cool. The German is Tom Vorlost Riddle, East Lord Voldemort. Okay. <laughs> the Spanish is um, <laughs> Tom Sorvolo Riddle, but Riddle with a Y. That's why I said Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> so that I can be Soy Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <Wow>. Soy Voldemort. <laughs> Man, the translation element, I never considered that. I know. I love it. Okay. This is Swedish. Tom Gus Mervolo Dolder. Dolder. Egosam Lord Voldemort. I'm sorry that I'm not pronouncing all of these languages very well. Okay. Let me see if there's any other good ones. Okay. Greek does not use our characters. No, those are all the good ones. And just while we're here, I also want to share a bit, a bit of knowledge that I have about the French translation of Harry Potter. The French word for wand is baguette. Shut up. Huh. 
Let's yep. move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't just leave us hanging there. <laughs> it's true. What? It's baguette. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I guess that's all. His baguette. Harry, Harry and Voldemort's baguettes locked from across the cemetery. <laughs> Linked in a buttery, crispy. <laughs> okay. Just like the most French shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> in this in this chapter. Riddle would have been twirling a baguette between his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like what is that? The cook from the Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Oh yes. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did that when I was twelve for voice lessons. <laughs> I love that we get a Moving throwaway. On. I love that we get a throwaway line where he's like, "I was already using that name at Hogwarts with my most intimate." friends and i'm like dude you gave yourself a nickname and your friends respected it thank you because i that think that does not happen that is the dorkiest thing that you can do is like come up with a nickname for yourself that is like an anagram or it's like some kind of code and i'm like it's I, like that's what kind of kills like can you Voldemort's, imagine like i don't know for some reason that kind of like kills voldemort's um that's intimidation cool. quality because He's just like, kind of, especially you, Christina, you listen to Behind the Bastards, right? Mm-hmm, indeed. You know, you know that most monsters are just like little dweeby incels who like to come up with ways to make themselves look cooler. You know, since you brought that up, do we think Voldemort fucks? Does Tom Riddle fuck? Oh, we haven't talked about sure. fucking yet. Yeah. I think true. Good point. Sure. Well, Bellatrix, right? Have, yes. If mm-hmm, you're going to have mm-hmm. that many like low key female followers in a cult like status, like, weird mm. sex cults are never not a thing like here's if you the, have a cult you have a sex cult you know what i mean here's the question though are the snakes integrated into the love making oh wow. oh, there oh it goes. no mm. <laughs> yeah i guess mm. bellatrix does seem a little dick sick i just got an image of them playing the song anaconda by Nicki minaj as no man <laughs> Wow, well, I guess I'm inserting that sound bite here. My anaconda don't, my anaconda don't, my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. Along with Voldemort's laugh, go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think makes- the reason it's so disarming is because it's like, that's the laugh of someone who like, other humans have not been hearing his laughter and like and like he hasn't been hearing other humans <laughs> laughter to know that his is wrong <laughs> he hasn't laughed in 30 years and he forgot how to do it <laughs> um he hasn't hugged in 30 years until he hugs draco fucking oh, mouth boy oh is the God. most awkward shit i've ever seen in my life oh jeez okay he's so. just like ew ew <laughs> harry harry in his fear invokes the name of balbus dumbledore he invokes the name. So Tom Riddle's like, why would I? Okay, okay. He's like, my muggle father. Why would I keep my stupid muggle name? He tells us that he's not pure blood. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, mm-hmm. why would I keep that muggle ass name when I was going to become the greatest sorcerer in the world? And Harry's like, oh, sweetie. Oh, sweetie. You're not the greatest sorcerer in the world. I'm sorry. That's Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> Albus Dumbledore has friendship. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tom Riddle says he he, fuck that guy. He's been driven out of this school by the mere memory of me, which is not 
exactly right, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then Harry'd be like, he's not as gone as you think, because he's just saying <laughs> shit. <laughs> and he's arguing with a 12-year-old, and this is like some weird <laughs> demon ghost. Like, this is just this. <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys ever been so deep in a fight that you're like kind of running out of material and you're like, yeah, well, I yes. bet you would think that I was mad until I was yelling at you. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. It's like you get, <laughs> you get so heated that you forgot that you had an argument in the first place. The <laughs> it's like when people, it's like you say, like, I like you did this, do this all the time. And then they say, like, name one time and then you can't think of anything. And you're like, well, you gotta have your receipts. And yeah. that's also where, like, three hours later, you think of all the awesome things you should have said and you hate yourself. You're just like, shit. <laughs> and I know we resolved this issue already. And I want to be very clear that I'm not reopening this fight. But there was that one time at Disney World where you said that my skirt looked weird. And I just wanted to remind <laughs> you of that. Anyway, I'm so glad that we're done with this fight now. <laughs> you thought I forgot about the skirt comment. <laughs> Sean has never been to Disney World with me. He didn't make a weird skirt comment. <laughs> Thank God this is when Fox shows up because Harry is running out of material. Yeah. There's in time. There's music comes. La, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then it's a big red bird singing. Singing? Yeah. With its yeah. lips. No, I think like bird song, like ah, yeah. ah. you know, that bird song, song the way bird. that that sounds. I, I don't remember how this is depicted in the films because I am not allowed to watch the films while I'm reading the books until the end, which is like a week from now. Um, so I don't remember. So I'm excited to see how that's depicted because it says the bird is singing and I imagine like a fucking bird singing like. Oh, well, that's about Do you want me to spoil it for you? Or? No, 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 no. <laughs> fresh. Okay. Came <laughs> fresh. So Tom Riddle would be like, that's a phoenix. And Harry's like, oh shit, wait a second. You know what? I know a phoenix. <laughs> that's Fox. <laughs> Flames erupted at the top of the nearest pillar. Yeah, it's not that dramatic in the movie. <laughs> Tom wish, Riddle's though. reaction to this is my favorite because he's literally just like staring at Harry being like, that's a bird. And <laughs> Harry's like, yeah. And he's like, and that's a hat. And Harry's like, yep. Yeah. And it's like, okay, do you know what's happening here? <laughs> Neither one right, of them knows what's happening. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a weirdly tense standoff with Harry looking like a damn pirate with a phoenix on his shoulder just <laughs> standing there. Which also, they don't, like, these things get skipped over, but if you've never had a gigantic bird on your shoulder and it lands on your shoulder, the feeling of that would, like, upset you. It would be heavy and weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's a magic bird. It probably feels great. You're it's probably right. all warm. <laughs> you're completely right. No, you're all oh, so snuggly. Come snuggle me, Fox. Fox is not a snuggler. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, please snuggle me. I'm so old and cold. <laughs> it's, it's actually such a confusing moment for both of them. That you, have a, you have a complete break where they like both take that in for a second. And then Riddle goes to business, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Back to my monologue. Yeah, um, seriously. He's like, I'm, yes. I was interrupted. It's really rude and of now, this bird. And now for something completely different. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, twice I failed to kill you. Like, how did you survive? And he even says, the longer you talk, the longer you stay alive, which mm-hmm. is the classic, like, that is classic. the classic evil villain. But monologue. he's hiding what is true, which is the longer I talk, the more of Ginny's strength I take. 
Yeah. And I think Harry does uh, realize that, right? He does realize that. So, but at first there's a point where Harry'd be like, because of this phoenix and this hat, I do not feel brave necessarily, but I also do not feel alone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's something. I guess. And and then Harry realizes that he needs to fight Tom now because he's going to have to do it eventually. And Tom is getting stronger and Ginny's getting weaker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say we get a moment where Harry explains the like my mom died to save me and Riddle mm. just like completely on board is like, yep, that's a powerful counter charm. Can't beat love magic. Here's my problem. Here's my problem with love magic. Has no one ever, ever in the history of magical warfare or like the history of this Voldemort war or whatever, has no one ever before died protecting someone? Because if, oh, it, no. if if people were coming into my home to kill my family, like I would for sure give my life to protect like my husband. You know, like that's not like a yeah. crazy thing that yeah. only Lily Potter is good enough to do that. Like a lot of people I think would do that, especially parents of children. Yeah, of infant children. Infant <laughs> children. Yeah. Who are completely helpless. Well, and that's the thing that I was wondering is like, you know, 16 or 17-year-old Tom Riddle here is completely accepting of that as a reason why baby Harry would have been able to defeat him in that way. And it's like, okay, well, then why didn't grown up Voldemort think about that Yeah, at any point? Like, that was a complete oversight. Yeah, you watched her die. You know how? Because you murdered her. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. What is the timeline of the entire, of that night? So he, like, kills his parents first and then tries to kill Harry. Yes. And I also have another question. I'm so sorry. I have another question. Why was he able to kill Lily when James had died to protect her? I think there must be something. I don't like these books anymore. I think there must be, there must be a magical component to it that just like we haven't figured out because I hate that. We know that Lily magic. Well, we know that Lily was really good with charms. Yeah. And, you know, like a Horcrux, it's not like any time you kill someone with magic, you make a Horcrux. I feel like there might be like an additional thing that she did possibly in her head because this was the type of magic that she was best at that cast a spell that used her life as like fuel for it instead of just her death. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like you're right that it has to be Mm -hmm. leveled up. I feel like I like that to make me feel better. I don't want to give JK Rowling that much credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I do mean, who like, does? So like in her dying breath, she was like and like did a little protective using yes. her love force. And yeah, James yeah, yeah. didn't do that because he's headstrong and was acting too quickly and died and, right away. Is maybe just not that good at, at not that good at magic. Yeah. charms, you know. The only thing he was ever good at was Quidditch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. Like, that's in, why we keep him in the order of the phoenix yeah it ties into when he said just straight up tells harry he's like oh so you're not special and i was just yeah. like yeah yeah and, and james i was like those guys aren't special they've never been special sorry here's the funny thing is tom riddle's like so you're not special but also you and i have a lot of things in common uh-huh <laughs> Damn it. it's the, it's the first kiss time me harry oh <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time out of 100 times that we talk about the similarities between Harry and Voldemort. Yeah. Like, oh, orphaned, I, br- brunette. The only yeah. two parcel mouths to come into Hogwarts. I think I you, feel like thank that you for that detail. That's true. very important. 
I feel like that can't be true. It's rare as fuck, though. Yeah. What? Although, well, it's like inherent to the era of Slytherin, right? Only and Harry only has it. There are other parcel mouths. It's just exceedingly rare. I do like to picture a world where there is like nice parcel mouths that just like talking to little snakes in their backyard. Just like little fun snake people. Snakes are kind of cute, you know. It's like spiders. So (laughs) honestly, they can be cute at the right angle. Honestly, (laughs) probably. If you were a wizarding, like a, a witcher wizard parent and your child had parcel tongue, I would probably tell them to not do that in public because that is a mm. symbol of Salazar Slytherin. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're probably right, Grace, that they're not the only ones, but they're the only ones where it's been publicized. Known. Known. Yeah. It, it is known. It is known. Yeah. Okay. I, I'd buy that. It's just when he said it, I was like, okay. There's no way that's mm-hmm. true. So y'all are special. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and we use that special to sick the basilisk on her. Yeah. So Tom. Yes. Tom is like talking to the statue. The book kept calling him Riddle, but I kept calling him Tom because he's a slow Tom. <laughs> 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 he's um talking to the statue and he's like. And then the mouth of Slytherin opens to make a hole. And there is something inside that hole. And Harry closes his eyes. And he he hears the basilisk hit the ground. God, it's just, this is a nightmare. And he trips. I kept picturing Sandra Bullock in Bird Box with her blindfold on. (laughs) Yes, he does trip. Tom Riddle be like, kill him. And he trips. But Fox flies away immediately, and Harry's like, well, fair enough. That's what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so true. It's kind of chaotic. Harry's kind of running. He hears the basilisk, can't really see it. He does a little peep, a little peek, Mm. not a peep, a peek. And he sees Fox gouging the basilisk's eyes out, which is good because the basilisk turns to look at Harry, who looks right back. (laughs) <laughs> but it's cool because his eyes are gouged out now. What the fuck, Harry? <sighs> I, I just love during this whole section, Tom is like having to scream at the basilisk. Like, no, the bird is a distraction, dude. Stop. Go for the guy. <laughs> Smell he him. Says it. He says it Leave the more bird than alone. <laughs> like, Please. The bird is not the point. You stupid basilisk. You make me look bad. <laughs> Do you guys think you would be able to keep your eyes closed in this situation? No. 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 Definitely not. Here's my thing is, I don't, based on our conversation that we've had today, I don't know if it would be better to take my glasses off or leave them on. Take them off right. so I can't, I can't really see his eye contact or leave them on so I'm only going to get petrified through my glasses. See, that's why I it's, think... it was really relieving that uh, Fox took out the eyes because that would just make this entire climax way more stressful yeah relieving also super convenient for harry yes (laughs) yes very convenient for sure i just flash back now that we're talking about the basilisk's eyes being gouged out Mm -hmm. when harry first came in like into the chamber proper the you know snake columns or pillars or whatever are described as having hollow you know eye sockets and i just feel like that's interesting I don't know why. Maybe yeah, a little bit of foreshadowing or something there. I don't know. What's that about? I just don't know why they would. 
because yeah, it's probably. not like Slytherin w- when he was building this chamber would want to encourage right. gouged out eye sockets. <laughs> Those is eyes are the kind first, of a big deal. This is the 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 only basilisk to be in this chamber, right? Like it's 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 been one basilisk like this entire time. Like they're immortal or something. I think I they think live so. for thousands of years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm confused um, because we did Grace. We did that um, Mad Libs where I was like, "Basilisk can live for up to one thousand seconds." No. <laughs> and my brain's like, "Wait, that can't be right." That's not it. That's not it. That's not fun. <laughs> so Harry, in a moment of panic, gets the Sorting Hat swept into his arms, and his impulse is to put it on his head. Yeah. You know what? I. <laughs> Get it. I probably would have reached my hand in first and then yeah. put it on my head if nothing was inside. He doesn't try to see if there's maybe like a note or some poison. Especially or considering. A gun. What like, if it was a gun? Pulling <laughs> a, a magician pulling something out of a hat is so ingrained uh, in the cultural lexicon. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, why would you? I mean, I get it. You use the sorting hat by putting it on your head, but also. It's just like taking a chance like maybe it does something like when i put it on he's an idiot dude he's just like an autopilot well, <laughs> he's like the hat, hat head the hat literally like poops the sword out on harry's head <laughs> it yeah. almost murders him yeah. <laughs> like yeah good, thing it went out down. yeah good thing it was hilt down <laughs> oh yeah i wonder if the person who designed this <laughs> magic which like unclear I guess Dumbledore designed the magic because it's the sorting hat. I wonder if he, like, thought of that. <laughs> or if, <laughs> if there's been a hero in the past that he made the wrong choice on. You know what? You, you, you learn from your mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I killed the last chosen one. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about the last chosen one. <laughs> the chosen. Harry's the chosen two. The other guy was the chosen one. So Harry just kind of has this sword now and a hat and he, (laughs) the basilisk lunges at Harry. Harry stabs him through the roof of his mouth. And at the same time, the basilisk bites him. And I like the way this was written because it's chaos. And I'm sure that's how it felt too. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like what is happening? It's like the basilisk lunged. His aim was true. Harry drove the sword through his skull. And then also then he realized that there was basilisk fang inside his arm. The fang comes out from the basilisk and the basilisk (laughs) dies. I feel like this is very impressive. I know, you know, me at 13 years old, just don't feel like I would have had the strength to be able to plunge into the, I mean, I mean, that's like, you got to be really strong. It's not even like he's like, on top of the basilisk and like going down like and stabbing him with gravity as help he's like going up into the basilisk the roof of the basilisk's mouth and i just feel like you gotta be pretty freaking strong to do that and pretty brave to even try that in the first place so i guess i'm pretty fucking brave that's what that's where the gryffindor like golden retriever spirit comes in handy I don't think that he intentionally mm-hmm. stabs him. I think he just like puts the sword point out and the basilisk kind of impales itself. Oh, so okay. the language mm, I here, see. Using, here, using I, the I will, weight of the basilisk against him. I will read mm, I at see. this time. I will read at this time. Okay. <laughs> the basilisk lunged again and this time its aim was true. Harry threw his whole weight behind the sword and drove it to the hilt into the roof of the serpent's mouth. 
So I think it was intentional, but it was also like a split second decision. Mm-hmm. Just put the sword forward and see what happens. He's like mm-hmm. already holding it, and the and like basically the basilisk like eats it, and he's like, okay, yeah. chomp through the. Mm-hmm. I said chomp. That's the wrong sound effect. That's the basilisk sound effect. <laughs> Um, Sabby Sabby. I'm interested in watching this part in the movies again because is he going through skull and brain or is he just going through like a nasal cavity type situation? Mm-hmm. It, it like goes through the roof of his mouth so it goes like through his skull. Through his brain. Yeah, yeah. skull's hard, yo. Skull's, skull's hard, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, side note, like uh, something that's pretty impressive about the basilisk in the, in the movie, it surprisingly holds up well for uh, like a 20-year-old movie. Cool. As far as special effects go, they kind That's of, awesome. I noticed they kind of follow like Jurassic Park rules where they mixed a CGI basilisk and a prop spe- like basilisk. And also, also they kept it like really dark. And like, that's kind of what they did with the T-Rex in the Jurassic Park scenes. And it ages really, really well, in my opinion. That's awesome. It's just, it's just a need. For, it's just neat to like watch these old movies that from like the 2000s where they were still kind of using like big practical effects and stuff like that. And they like built a giant snake head and stuff. And it looks really cool. Yeah. I definitely vividly remember getting a couple good shots of it. Like I think when Harry stabs it, you get like a good look at it. Mm -hmm. So immediately after Fox comes over to start crying on his wound, he crying Tom Riddle goes right back to like, Oh, thank God that's over back to my monologue. Um, Yeah. And Harry's like the poison takes effect immediately, and Harry's like browning out. He's he's yeah. leaving, and Tom's like, "LOL, you're dead." This stupid phoenix is crying for your deceased ass. <laughs> but then, yeah, Harry starts to recover, and Tom's like, "Oh shit, I forgot that t- phoenix tears have healing powers." And Harry's like, "Oh shit, I also forgot phoenix tears have healing powers. I guess I should listen when Dumbledore's <laughs> talking to me." And so did everyone else reading this chapter. <laughs> Do you guys remember reading this for the first time? I definitely remember the first. I remember like very vividly the the Tom Morvello, uh, the the anagram reveal. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, how could I have been so stupid? How could I have missed it? (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't trusted anyone ever since. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty scary. I mean, the imagery is like pretty scary here for some for like you know twelve year olds. You know, I'm an adult and I'm still like this is a nightmare. So Fox does everything in this chapter. Name one thing that Fox doesn't do in this chapter. Fox brings Harry the diary at this moment because he's like, the diary is the key. <laughs> Just like the third thing that Fox has like dropped into Harry's lap throughout this yeah. chapter. It's almost like there's another like well-acclaimed fantasy book where the ending is saved by birds you know just <gasps> randomly showing you? up <laughs> how dare you invoke the end of lord of the rings how can i impl- talk about safely now that mary clay has finished the books thank god oh yes birds man birds man they save everything <laughs> so as if possessed sorry for that language but as if possessed <laughs> Harry just grabs the basilisk fang and stabs the diary he's like i don't know why this seems cool Stabbing something worked the first time. I'm going to try it again. Let's stab everything. I've learned how to stab now, guys. <laughs> guys, I've stabbed. It is like acquiring a new skill in a video game. <laughs> yeah. It's like Harry learned melee attack. His two moves now are Expelliarmus and stab attack. And stab. <laughs> the diary screams and ink is going everywhere. And 
<laughs> my notes say riddle be flailing <laughs> yeah that's also not what ha- not how he goes out in the movie it's kind of like the ending of deathly hells where it's better oh. in the book he just like kind of explodes in the movie he t- turns into like fireworks he's not writhing or because or, i was like Jesus, i want to see some pain yeah, baby, R-rated well, Harry And in Potter. the book, it makes it clear that he he is the diary. Like, yeah. he, yeah. It's, it's as if he was stabbed through the heart, basically. Yes. And then he Again, vanishes. I've never heard of that in any other fantasy novel. Anyway, never heard of it. Let's keep, I've never heard of something like that. <laughs> let's keep going. So, so then Tom Riddle vanishes. Thank fucking God. And then immediately Ginny is revived. Thank fucking God. You, mm-hmm. Harry Potter, have just sealed the deal. Molly Weasley loves you forever now. Mm-hmm. It's done. And yep. the funny thing is, I think when Ginny wakes up in this moment and sees Harry, she's like, I don't have a crush on him anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's like, let's revisit this in a couple of years. I'm just happy yeah. to be alive. You're a true friend to me. She's mm-hmm. going through so much trauma in this moment. <sighs> yeah. She's trying to like confess and Harry's like, honestly, I don't even want to hear this story again. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's okay. Like, no, it's all right. Don't even worry about it. Like Jenny. when you're, fr- when your friend's like, I'm running 10 minutes late and you're like, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that they, so they start to progress out of the chamber and they get back to the rock pile mm-hmm. and Ron is basically like, thank God I got this hole cleared because, like, right as I did, this bird flew through it, and that seems to have been important for you. Oh, that so that was a question I had because because Ron is like, where did Fox come from? So my assumption was that Fox did not go through Ron. Yeah, me too. And magic there, just magic. But you're right. I guess he could have been following up on his previous confusion that this phoenix flew past him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I read it as that, where he was just like, dude, I was pulling away rocks. All of a sudden, here comes this phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a night tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you just did, but like, let me tell you. <laughs> there was rocks and a bird. It's been a thing. Hildory Lockhart thinks he's seven, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and to Ron's credit, he's very happy to see Ginny alive and well. I mean, okay, well, but literally bodily safe anyway. Yeah. Um. So Ron is pressing Harry for details, but Harry's like, maybe let's not talk about it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, bud. We're just let's talk about this later. Yeah. I mean, I do like the way that it's described, um, you know, when Harry yells for Ron and then um, it says he heard Ron give a strangled cheer. And I'm just like, it must have been flippant torture for Ron to be stuck, you know, back there. He doesn't know if his friend's going to be OK. He thinks his sister's yeah. dead. Like, it's flippant stressful, dude. How long do you think he was there? Maybe half an hour 45 minutes? It's a conservative yeah. half an hour. Yeah. Half an hour okay. to an hour. Also, he's got to figure out how to get out of here if he's, like, the only one out. Like, he and Lockhart. Can you imagine being stuck down there with Gilderoy and Lockhart in yeah, the Chamber of Secrets? Terrible. I think that during that hour-long think, Ron realized that he should not have thrown Gilderoy Lockhart's wand out the window. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I, I also can't imagine, like, what a badass entrance for Harry, where it's like, you've been moving rocks and terrified, and all of a sudden, here comes your best friend, dripping blood carrying a sword with an arm around your sister flanked by a phoenix yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so literally 
when you try to ask him a question, he's like, I'll explain later. No time. <laughs> Voldemort's I, dead. Details later. <laughs> I probably would be like, I mean, I'm a bitch. And I'd be like, no, dude, you're going to tell me right the fuck now what just happened. <laughs> but maybe I would be like more worried about Ginny, actually. Mm, who knows? Yeah. So Lockhart's not okay. His memory is gone forever. All of it. Yep. I don't feel bad for him at all. It's like I don't feel bad for him here, but when we get to him in book five, I do feel bad for him. Mm, I, I guess I see that, yeah. What happens to him in book five? I we forget. see him at St. Mungo's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that... When we we go to visit Arthur Weasley, right? Who's been... Book five back? is the one I, I remember like the least. It's traumatizing, that's why. It's okay. But <laughs> the kids are just wandering around St. Mungo's, the magical hospital, and they encounter Gilderoy Lockhart in like the long-term ward. And he's like kind of exactly the same. He's like, hello, are you here for an autograph? I don't know why these people want my autograph, but like I'll sign a picture Aww. for you. I've been practicing my signature, and it's like five-year-old handwriting. And he's like, who are you? Are we friends? And the nurse is like, oh, little Gilderoy, come back to bed. And Gilderoy is just, oh, it's very traumatizing. I'll bring oh, you on geez. for that chapter, Jason. No. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of writing a phoenix out of a chamber. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Holding mm-hmm. on to the mm-hmm. tail feathers seems like the worst way to do it. Yeah, I'd probably grasp it, firmly grasp it around the middle or, or the shoulders. The feet. Firmly Why is it not like feet? Firmly grasp it in your hand. <laughs> Firmly grasp it. <laughs> Firmly grasp it. It could clutch you. Like holding onto the yeah. tail feather seems like definitively the worst way to do this. It'd be like it's like the Rapunzel thing where it's like, do you really want someone climbing your hair? Yeah. <laughs> no. The answer's no. Mm. Interesting. The bird seems to be okay with it. I guess. I mean, he kind of like waves his little tail feathers. But the like, thing is, it's like, it's they're like, oh, well, the phoenix is super strong. And I'm like, does that mean he's got super strong like feather attachment points? He still molts. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. fucking molts. Has as J.K. Yeah. Rowling tweeted about the the str- the tensile strength of Phoenix butt feathers yet? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm asking. That okay. actually came up while I was watching the movie because I remembered because like the, the the Chamber of Secrets is linked to the plumbing system. Okay, and this chamber's been around since the beginning of the school. How does that fit in with J.K. Rowling's whole business about wizard like toilets that mm. like happened a few years ago, where Hogwarts basically didn't have a plumbing system? No, I don't want to. <laughs> Well, were they I just could, were they just like apparated their poop away? Maybe the the plumbing system was actually the snake delivery system, and then they just converted it because they were like, "Oh wow, now that we figured out plumbing, there's all these pipes here already, guys." <laughs> um, speaking of the tail, we need feathers, plumbing way more than we need snake tunnels. Speaking of the tail feathers, I did just look up a picture of the Scholastic Chamber of Secrets because that depicts this scene of them flying out of the Chamber of Secrets with fox that's the cover image and it's not good it looks like fox is like what the fuck are you grabbing onto you dick (laughs) it's not good and there's like just a creepy basilisk tail at the bottom and then we basically end this chapter with like this terrible like button of like bad comedy where ron's like 
Myrtle's like, oh, you're still alive. And it's like, you sound so disappointed. And then Ron's like, Harry, I think Myrtle's grown fond of you. You've got competition, Jenny. As Jenny is just like viscerally weeping from the yeah, center of her soul. It's like, read the room, Ron, dude. I'm in a place, Ron. God. Ron. See, this is the thing. Okay, here's the thing. He hasn't Ron. he hasn't gotten down the whole like craft of being the comic relief. Here's the thing with Ron is that in the films, in, no, 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 in the books, Ron has a lot of smart, insightful scenes, and he has a lot of poorly timed comedic scenes like this. Like he's been doing a lot in the past couple chapters since Hermione has been out of the game. He's been making recommendations. He's been following Harry fearlessly into the forest. He's been being brave, and he's been being smart. And the movies take away all of that, and we're just left with his poor comedic timing and nothing else. And it's very sad. To yeah. Me. It's still charming in the end, though. <sighs> Rupert Grant does his best. Yes. So, yeah, Fox leads them to McGonagall's office because I guess he also respects the role of deputy headmistress. <laughs> He's like, owner's <laughs> not here. Where's my deputy owner? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and that's the end of the chapter. Yep, just opens the door to Professor McGonagall's office, covered in blood with a sword. (laughs) Nice. And he's like, Professor McGonagall, I'm sorry, I was hiding in the staff room and I should have talked to you. (laughs) I need therapy now. Can we get a therapist, please? Came in Hogwarts, please have a therapist. God, Hogwarts fucking needs a therapist. No, just have pumpkin juice. You'll be fine. (laughs) Some chocolate. That's the next book. Yeah. (laughs) Need some chocolate. You'll be fine. Does anyone else have any thoughts about this chapter that we haven't covered yet? It's pretty straightforward. Action action it chapters is. are pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Let's move on to yeah. some plugs. Brooke, will you go first? Yeah. Um, so I am Brooke Matherly. You can find me on Instagram at Passion for Parks. You can find me on Twitter at Grumpy Brooke. This week, I'm going to recommend just one of my favorite podcasts of literally all time, and that's Hey Riddle Riddle. Adol Rafai has been a guest on this podcast, and if you liked him here, he's about four times more charming in his own element. Um, and Hey Riddle Riddle is, in my opinion, just his best work. It is like opening a bottle of friendship in mm. terms of like listening to the podcast. It is my biggest comfort in this hellacious time, and I highly recommend it. Hell yeah. Grace, what do you have to plug? Um, this week I am going to plug, um, an app that I have been using for about a month now. Um, it's, uh, called pocket guard. Um, it's basically a budgeting app. Um, you enter your kind of fixed expenses and income and it lets you know kind of on a daily basis how much you have, you know, left in your pocket, hence the name. Um, so, yeah, I've been really pleased with it so far. So if anyone is interested in um, a cool budgeting app, I recommend that one. I have a question. Can, can you do a yeah. joint account for that? <laughs> I think so. Because that would be awesome. I think so. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I haven't tried, um, but definitely worth looking into for sure. Jason, what do you have to plug? Um, well, I've been watching a lot of movies re- uh, recently in quarantine. So it's, it's kind of hard to gauge because theaters aren't really around anymore. Like, It's kind of hard to gauge like which movies to watch because you're kind of limited to what's on streaming. And sometimes it can get kind of overwhelming. Um, I've been watching, well, I watched Cats last night. Um, I would not recommend that one, but 
I mean, I love that movie. Worth a watch. I, I weirdly kind of liked it, but it was because it was so like creepy. I've been desensitized to it because like everyone's talked about it for the last year. Yeah, and then like I don't know, seeing like Ian McKellen and Idris Elba and Jason Derulo, it's just a, it's just a weird thing. But I'll plug a different movie. Um, I watched a movie a movie from the eighties uh, about a week back, and I believe it's on Prime. It's called Witches of Eastwick. Have you guys heard of that? Mm. Um, it's well, I've been we we've been getting really into witchy movies recently, and like movies about witches. And um, we've been watching like The Craft and stuff like that. This is really cool because it's a it's a witch movie where Jack Nicholson is basically the devil. And it stars Susan Sarandon, Cher, and Michelle Pfeiffer. And it's all about how they're linked to this new, like, kind of, like, irresistible man that has come in town and how it affects their friendship and everything. And not only that, it's directed by George Miller. And if you know who that is, he directed all the Mad Max movies. So there's a lot of, like, chaotic camera work and stuff like that that goes oh. into, like, the, all the magical scenes. I would really recommend it. It's, it's a pretty fun movie. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is Pictures of J, J-A-Y. And mostly I just do um, film photography and I post it on my Instagram. So you'll get, you'll get a pretty picture every now and then from me. Aw, Yay. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. And this week I'm going to plug the golden compass by Philip Pullman. That's the first book in the, his dark materials series. So I've never read it before. I know that it was like pretty popular when I was, we were younger, but um, yeah, I just finished the golden compass. And when I first started out, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I like with every page that I turned. I liked the book more and more. It has like a really dope female protagonist and some really unique fantasy elements, so I recommend it. I'll keep y'all updated on the sequels as I read them. Nice. Well, guys, we did it. We defeated the Basilisk and we killed our first Horcrux, actually. Our first Horcrux is down. Wow. True. That's so exciting. Thank you guys for coming along with me on this adventure. It was fun. Yeah. yeah, thank you for bringing me on. And we only have one chapter left, Dobby's reward. We all know what happens in that chapter. Aww. The beginning of our evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for joining us. We always love having you. Yes, and it was great talking to you guys again. Oh, yeah. that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> that was my phone, sorry. It's a grand finale. <laughs> it went out with a bang. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. And for now, get the fuck out of my pipes. <laughs> so stupid. Pipes. So it's using stupid. the pipe. Bye. 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 Yeah. <laughs> the Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Khan, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Khan. Logo by Michael Hardison. Technical support from Sean Watson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. Brooke, I don't think I've talked to you since the wedding. How's uh, married life been? Uh, A real letdown. Ugh, man. (laughs)